Hello, welcome to my podcast. This is a show in which I'm going to be asking amazing guests a really specific set of questions based on the Proust questionnaire. It's going to be so, so good. Welcome to the moment of Proust. We do touch on some dark subjects in this show. It'll be super fun, but my lawyers have asked me to tell you that if it's an issue for you, please be aware. All right, let's crack on. My name is Elliot Vaughan. I'm a record producer, wine drinker, book reader, and most of all, a person you've never heard of. Luckily for you, this podcast is not about me. It is about my amazing guest who's going to be answering the Proust questionnaire. Proust was a turn-of-the-century French novelist, essayist, critic, uh, all-round fun guy, who believed that these questions, when answered honestly, could reveal a person's true nature. So that's what I'm going to try and do. I am very, very, very happy to say that my guest today is the wonderful Mr. Ron Hamilton. How are you, pal? I'm very good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's okay. I'm looking forward to it. You're in Texas, is that right? I am, yes. In a small Texas town in the middle of nowhere. It's, it's just, it's exactly as cliche as you think it is in your British mind. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm guessing isolating isn't that difficult if you're in the middle of nowhere. It's uh, it's still a challenge, but I would, yeah, I would argue it's not as challenging as it is for some folks, for sure. Right. That's good. But you're doing okay with lockdown. You're kind of keeping sane. I, I Well, that's a different conversation, but... <laughs> we might get into that. <laughs> but I'm doing okay, yes. there was. There's definitely been this, like, you know, it's. it feels like an eternal weekend. You kind of have to get used to it. So there's been an adjustment period for sure. But, um, yeah, I'm just kind of hanging in there. It's, it's weird because the emotions... And you'll have to tell me if you feel this way too. The emotions are amplified. Everybody's like, it's you're not you're not just kind of down one day. You're really down. And then when you have a good day, it's like it's like everybody is bipolar right now. And you know this whatever isolation and quarantine does to people, it amplifies all emotions. So um, I think you kind of have to be aware of that. And if you are aware of that, it makes it easier. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the first kind of. The first three weeks for me, I think we're on our sixth week of lockdown here in the UK, but the first three weeks was I was finishing some work, had some album mixes to finish, and so it kind of felt normal because I do maybe 50% of my work life at home anyway. Um, But then, you know, the fourth week, it was like, okay, I'm getting a little bit fed up now. Once the work finished, and obviously I had a lot of cancellations and stuff, so it, it kind of... It felt a bit of a novelty. It was like, oh, it's a week off. But then the fifth and sixth weeks of just... I've just been, like you say, up and down. Some yeah. days it's like, oh, great. Other days I'm just feeling like shit, to be honest, and yeah. really just feeling a bit useless. Yeah. Um, and and it's it's funny because I know everyone's in the same boat, but, you know, we all have our kind of battles. And it's just, I don't know, it's getting a little tedious now, to to put it plainly. but It is. And I, I'm right there with you. So that's why I even mention being aware that everybody's mm. in hypersensitive amplified yeah. emotion mode because yeah. um if you're not aware of it it just seems like everybody's losing their fucking minds every yeah. day you know what i mean uh, speaking of amplified emotions we're going to be jumping in and really kind of 
dissecting some things. Um, the whole point of this podcast is to try to reveal a person's true nature. Mm. So as long as you're not scared of that, we'll dive in with question one, which is a nice one. What is your idea of perfect happiness? Mm. Okay. I would say getting to do what you love the most for a living and but being free of the financial stress so getting getting up every day doing what you love to do it not feeling like work but it being the thing that provides for your life you don't have to be rich just comfortable just the financial stress isn't there and every day you you get up and you do what you love the most to me i would say that's kind of the perfect happy life yeah, it's the holy grail, I think. Yeah. You know, I think most people, you know, they they work to live. Not, you know, generalizing, but I think most people do, you know, and, and living for the weekend and all those kind of mm. cliches. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think I'd agree with you in terms of it, if there's something you would do for free and you get to do it every day. Exactly. And it, and it keeps food on the table. Yeah. There's not a lot better than that, is there? No. And, you know, some people would say being in love or living with the love of your life or whatever. And while that's nice, that, that leaves like, where's it, it makes, it makes it, it simplifies it to a point where it's like, yeah, but you still might have to go to work and mm. work at a job you hate. And then, okay, you yeah. get to come home to that person, but there's still a piece of your life that, mm. you know, you know what I'm saying? Um, without getting yeah, into I, it all, it's, it's to me, it's, it's that for sure. If you if you've got a Monday to Friday that you hate, yeah, um, and 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 your only kind of salvation is you know either the the loved ones at home or the weekend, that means what eighty percent of your life you hate. Exactly. It doesn't matter how it doesn't matter how well loved you are at home. Dude. It doesn't matter how how great your family life is or whatever. Most of your life is something you dread. Yeah, and that's you know yeah it's. It's awful. Yeah. See, Elliot, yeah. you you smell when I'm stepping in, don't you? <laughs> uh, even from here. Yeah. Even from here. Yeah. Yeah, man. Great. I, I, you know, I think that is kind of the everybody's you know that vocation in life, isn't it? That kind of this is what I would do anyway. Yeah. I'm just getting paid to do it, and uh, there's nothing much better than that. Uh, what is then the flip side of that? What is your greatest fear, and why? I suppose. Oh Lord. Um. I don't know. I'm not afraid of a lot, like actually, like deeply afraid. I have mm. surface fears of, you know, poisonous snakes and spiders and things like that. That seems, it seems rational. Yeah. But as far as like real, if we're going deep fear in my life, something I think about all the time that I'm afraid of is probably my dog Peaches dying. And she's okay. I, yeah, I feel that. Not yeah. your dog specifically. Yeah. Yeah. My dog. Peaches has been around. I've, I've had her for, you know, 10 plus years, we've been through a lot, um, mm-hmm. ups and downs of the music business, marriage, divorce, and, mm-hmm. you know, she's still here with me and she's getting older and she's doing great. But, um, that's what I, th- I have those thoughts. I think people with pets have these passing thoughts like, Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do when this pet goes. Um, yeah. but for me, yeah. yeah when peaches goes, that's, that's a lot of life and a lot of changes in the past 10 years. Um, and my, you know, as lame as it sounds, it's true. My best friend mm-hmm. going away. Yeah. It's that constant 
isn't you know the, no matter what happens in a decade and a lot does mm. she, peaches is a, a girl yeah i'm guessing yeah <laughs> she's, she's been there throughout and just like my dog is the happiest thing whenever you're around so when i walk in the door my dog is the happiest thing on the planet at that moment and i love yeah. that and I, I have the exact same thing i look at him sometimes and i'm really happy to be with him and playing with him and all that but then suddenly there's this kind of sadness going one day he won't be here and that sucks and i'm like i need to not think like this because i'm yeah. having a great time with the dog right now but oh yeah i feel that i don't know what people with kids are like jesus christ oh my god i know well i could i don't think i could deal with that <laughs> no me either <laughs> no comment <laughs> So, so Peaches, uh, t- have you had her since a puppy? She, is she 10? I did not. I got her when she was, uh, she wasn't a puppy. She had kind of gone, she's a rescue. So yeah, I got her at a yeah. shelter. She had been removed from a home for abuse when she was really young. The owners had held her down and tattooed her belly. Jeez. So yeah, it's terrible. So she has oh. a really like scary looking prison tattoo on her belly and killed a man. Did she? Uh, yeah. That's what it, that's what it looks like. <laughs> I've, you know, of course I love it. I think it's like, look at this dog. Look at this crazy ass tattoo. This sweet Amazing. little dog has, um, even though it comes from a terrible situation. It, yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've haven't had her since she was born, but close enough where she probably feels like, you know, I've had her her whole life. Well, you saved her from something yeah. and given her an amazing life, and that's you know, that's the that's the takeaway. Always, always rescue. There's no need to buy a dog anymore. Is yeah, always rescue. I agree. Because the, there's plenty that need it. We rescued ours, and it, like I just like to think that we changed his life for the better. You totally did. And, uh, that makes me very happy. Fantastic. Let's get into the weeds of uh, self analysis. What is the trait you least like about yourself? Oh my god, that's easy. <laughs> okay. that, yeah, my impatience. I'm the most impatient person of all time. I can't, and I try and be patient. And I have in the music business, patience is <laughs> important. I think in 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 life generally, to be honest. Oh my god, you get to a point where you're you know you're on a label and you're not the only artist, and there you know you have all these artists vying for label attention and. You know, being impatient is not a good look. And, <laughs> you know, Dave, who we both know and love, he'll tell you, you know, he has, I'm sure, countless experiences. But at least I'm aware of, aware of it, I guess, because I, yeah. I can't stand it. And I've been this way since I was a kid. When somebody says, hey, I'll call you in an hour or you'll, ha- you'll have this in the morning or I'll get back to you tomorrow. Or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And then, <laughs> and then if they don't, honestly, oh. Elliot, I lose my shit. And I, yeah, I'm just like, you know, I'm in my own head. I'm pacing around the house, like they said, you know. And I can't. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's like I go from zero to eleven as soon as it the clock ticks past when whoever said I'm gonna do this at this time. And Jesus, I'm glad I didn't ring you late for this uh, this interview. Gosh. That would have been a whole that would have been a whole another. Uh... Oh man, it's funny Jesus. because it's true. So has that been something 
like you said, since a kid. Yeah. Is there a reason for that? Were you let down once and you were just seething, or was it just a thing that is it a learned behaviour? Did you get it from a parent? What you know? What's the? Well, here's the the serious kind of answer is, and that's what we're doing here. So yeah, man, why not? When I was a kid, my mom tells these stories. I was a really weird kid, and I'm still really weird. It just I get to be a musician, so it it just seems like I'm a musician. But yeah. the when I was a kid, the thing was, and I still don't know why or where this started, but apparently at a very young age when I could communicate, I would go into my mom's room and she was getting ready for the day or whatever. And um, if it was, let's just say it's summer, so there was no school. So if it was summer, I would go in and go, what are we doing today? What's the plan for the day? So my mom would say, you know, well, I'm going to make you guys breakfast and then you can go play outside and then we're going to go to the grocery store and then we're going to come back home. Mm -hmm. And I would go, okay. So the day goes as planned. We get in the car, we go to the grocery store and then we're supposed to go back home. And my mom, if she deferred, deterred, I should say, from that plan at all, I would, mm -hmm. I would cry. I would freak out and cry and I would go, you said... We were going home after we went to the grocery store, right? For the sake of this conversation. But, yeah. she, but she was just doing what normal human beings do, going, oh my God, I also need to go by the post office or wherever. Yeah. If, yeah. if that happened in my childhood, all the way through it, I would lose it. She tells these stories about like really embarrassing and funny stories now. <laughs> uh, there was... There were several times where I laid down in a parking lot and cried, and I wow. would just like kick my legs. Like people are trying to go in, go into wherever this place is, and there's this child lying in the street, <laughs> you know. And I don't, and, I don't know why. Wow. But that's I, that's. I guess you trusted her. You had your plan. You had your day planned out, and she deviated from it, and um, that annoyed you somewhat. I, it's weird. I guess with, you know, these, especially as a busy adult, which we kind of, well, I'm not at the moment because everyone's in their houses, <laughs> but usually as a busy adult, you know, if someone's not true to their word and they say, look, we'll talk tomorrow morning, 11 o'clock, let's chat, and it doesn't happen. Yes, I get it. That's kind of frustrating. Mm. Um, but, you know, things do kind of get in the way sometimes, right? They do. Are you forgiving if, after the fact, though, if they go, look, this happened and I'm really sorry I'll call you again tomorrow are you easy to are you easily forgiving or do you, do you still seethe for a long time underneath it goes hand in hand with good communication if the communication is there I'm fine right it's like hey yeah I know and I don't want to sound like a dick because I'm not I'm nice about it always but <laughs> but inside you're <laughs> inside I'm I, I feel stabby got voodoo dolls yeah <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. But yes, yeah, so communication is key in those situations anyway, and I do yeah. appreciate it, of course, when somebody just says, hey, I'm running late or whatever. It's the right thing to do anyway. I would do it. Yeah, yeah, it is. I, I, I think about this quite often, actually. Um, this is not a question in the, in the questionnaire. It's just kind of a, a, kind of a tangential point. Mm -hmm. uh, what, before we all had kind of easy access to smartphones and mobile phones, we... We weren't able to tell people we were oh running late for things. Dude. So what did we used to do? I mean, I remember the time. What did we used to do? We just used to turn up, right? Yeah. We like we just just 
used to just have to keep your word. Otherwise, someone would think you'd gone missing. So, yes, communication is good. But before we were able to text and say, I'm running late or I won't be there for an hour or whatever, what did we do? You'd just be sat in a cafe waiting, seething. Dude, Um, this is something I... So I call it the worry problem. So before people didn't worry. They... Yeah. If you called somebody's house on a landline, not even a cell phone, you called it landline, you know, um, and maybe you left a message. Hey, Mm -hmm. you know, it's Ryan. Uh, This is what I'm thinking about doing. Give me a call when you can. And that was it. You didn't sit around waiting for the phone to ring. You just left that message and went about your day. Yeah. Now Mm -hmm. it's like you call they don't answer you text you check facebook you check twitter you check instagram facebook messenger or have they been active you know it goes on and on and on if if they've been active after you sent them the message (laughs) my god it's terrible hell to pay right dude the on a text message when you can see that somebody read it that stuff you know it it creates this problem of worry that didn't exist before any of this when Mm -hmm. Before, you know, you would call the police, what is it, 24 hours after a child was missing. Yeah, they wouldn't even listen until a day. Until a day. Now, one hour goes by with normal person in a just a text message conversation. And and people lose their shit. That's quite funny. I saw something. I, I don't know if you have them over there, but... There's a load of Facebook groups in this country, like Spotted whatever. So it'll be like the, the town I live in is called Reddit. So it's like yeah. Spotted Reddit, and it'll just be like a community thing. And I saw a post on there this afternoon, maybe two, maybe three, and it said so and so missed, like you know, missing persons post, missing since eight thirty this morning. And I was thinking he could have just gone for a long walk. <laughs> it's like it's like two in the <laughs> afternoon. Um, it's true. But I'll tell you what, one, pe- one piece of advice for anybody out there, if you want a happy life, turn off red receipts, man. Yes, I agree. Turn them off bo- both sides, yes. your side and their side, because yeah. you don't need oh. that shit in your life. I will say out loud, it, out, home alone, out loud, that motherfucker read, I see that you read that message. Like I, And yeah. I'm like talking like a maniac. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's And, and, and really, you go... I read that message, so I will reply when I see fit or when I've got an answer. I quite like people who reply when they've actually got something to say yeah. as opposed to getting a call and then it takes them four messages to send it. I'd rather wait. I mean, maybe I'm more patient than you, but I'd rather wait and have some substance in the text than an instant reply. Like, acknowledge me, acknowledge the, acknowledge my message. But yeah, turn off red receipts, yeah. man. That's just... I use the voice the voice memo reply all the time that disappears. Yeah. So I just I just record a message and go, hey, I got your message. I'm, I'm not at home right now. As soon as I get back, mm-hmm. I'll, you know, it's usually somebody asking me to send an audio file or something. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, as soon as I'm back yeah. home, I'll send it. And yeah. and that's it. It's easy. But um, yeah, you got, you have to turn the red receipts off for You've sure. You've got to, man. You've got to. That that just breeds anxiety. You know the yeah. amount of conversations about people. Oh, well, he, and he's read it. Like you're saying. Oh, that, that were, I sent him a message this afternoon, and they've been active since, and they haven't replied. And oh, what have I done? Do they hate me? Am I never going to see him again? Isn't it crazy? No, they, I, I... they probably yeah. They probably read it. Put the phone down made lunch forgot about it it doesn't mean that they hate you it means they kind of forgot and did other things yeah um 
And I'm terrible for it. I'll read a message and then go, all right, I'll reply to that. Or sometimes I'll write it out, you know, neglect to press send. And then three days later, I go, oh, fuck, you know, and send it. So you would hate communicating with me. You'd absolutely hate it. <laughs> you know what I, you know what I dread? I don't know if I'd hate it. We've met before. So I know I like you already, yeah, but it, it'd be fun. But I, I can't imagine. And it's actually, it's so ridiculous to me. I probably won't even do what I'm going to mention. So date, <laughs> so dating, dating right now in today's world, because of this, what we're talking about right now, it's, mm-hmm. it's so with the red receipts and the person's been active and whatever. It's yeah. so stupid to me. I don't even want to date. I'm just like, no. you know what? No, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. you're beautiful. And you like my music. So I get to, potentially go out with girls that are way out of my league and you know what i mean like that and that's a that's just a not to sound like a dick but what what i'm saying is i would even that's how it goes i will but i would even turn that down at this point (laughs) at this point if some actress or somebody came along was just like oh my god i can't believe so and so is even talking to me what we're Mm. discussing right now is enough of an issue where i would not even go out with said actress at all i'd just be like nah i'm just gonna go home and you know hang out with my dog (laughs) i thought you were gonna say masturbate then so oh yeah i'm just gonna go home and put on one of your movies (laughs) jerk off and go to sleep (laughs) no thanks jennifer lawrence i can't handle the drama of red receipts so i'm just gonna go and watch silver lining playbook yes and i don't care how insane that makes me sound that could not be more true that is 100% accurate. I would literally do that. Fucking hell. Well, Jennifer Lawrence, if you're listening, don't bother calling. Yeah. I had a friend uh, try- I mean, you can call me. Before I was married, this was already a thing, right? This was already... I can't believe we're going off on this tangent. Before I was That's married, a friend tried to set me up with this girl, and she was like, she's... She's an actress and a comedian. She's, she was more of a comedian at the time. And, um, right. I was just like, nah, I don't, I just can't in this, in today's world. I'm just not interested. <laughs> anyway, that was Amy Schumer. Oh God. <laughs> I could have had yeah. like sugar mama. It would, I would have been you set. You could have been on the red carpet every night. <laughs> Big deal. But now you're talking to me. But Sorry. Just, I just, no, I'm good. But I want you to know. That there's real life evidence of me implementing this feeling that I'm trying to explain. Like there, there is actual, uh, there's a track record of me being like, nah. Oh man. That's uh what a tangent. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into more celebrity dating mishaps, let's move on. Yeah, what is the trait? Let's move on. That you, <laughs> what is the trait that you least like in others? Ooh, lying for sure. But that goes hand in hand with poor communication, I would say. Yeah. But lying. If you lie to me, I'm out. To me, like, I would rather somebody look me in the eyes and go, I really think you're a piece of shit. Mm. And I don't like you for this reason. Mm -hmm. I would, I can handle that. If it's a, especially if it's a valid reason, <laughs> somebody looked at me and went, you were the most impatient, you know, whatever you yeah. don't, you don't even have red receipts turned on. Fuck you. I hate you as a yeah. person. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Then I would, I would respect that and go, you know yeah. what? Awesome. 
if somebody does the thing, and this happens a lot in this business, where they go, oh my God, it's, you, it's so great. Love your music or whatever, your art. your," yeah. And then, you know, five minutes later, they're talking shit about you to somebody else. Mm-hmm. I cannot stand it. And this whole podcast is going to be me complaining about shit, isn't it? This is going to be... That's kind, of, okay. that's kind of what it is, but that's fine. Okay, so... I, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to say lying the, and the bullshit that is associated with lying. And, you know, you can be in the world we both operate in. You can totally be an honest and a good person without showering people with pointless bullshit. You can totally yeah. do that in this business and be okay. You can, but a lot of people don't practice that, do they? It's no. A, it's definitely a bullshit-driven business, Ugh. for sure. And it's very difficult to stay, not difficult, but I think, you know, you have to be strong-willed enough to stay outside that and not to be overly sycophantic and not to, yeah. you know, you don't have to be unkind to people. I don't think I would ever sit and say to somebody's face, you're the worst person I've ever met. <laughs> but I would, you know, I'd like to think that I would certainly say, you and I don't get on, let's just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, you know. You can have that conversation. That conversation yeah. is possible. People feel like those conversations are impossible. They're total. They're not. It's totally doable to go. You know what? We're not going to be friends. We don't yeah. agree on anything. We don't. You know, we're constantly interrupting each other when we're trying to talk. We can't get on the same level, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you don't have you don't have to be friends with everybody. And, you know, you can't be really. So it's kind of a pointless task. But yeah. we are in a bullshit business. Yes. And, um, you know, I, th- I wish there were more people that felt strongly about uh not being that yeah but it is what it is i don't think it'll it'll change just have to try and shine through it and uh try to be a a light in that fucking darkness Mm. love that okay a little bit more positive which living person do you most admire and why Mm. um my dad for sure right just his his example as not just a father, but just as a man and a husband, him and my mom have been together forever. And um, they're kind of the exception to most marriages, met as teenagers, yeah. fell yeah. in love, stayed in love, still like hold hands in public. And love that. he's just a, he's the best man I've ever known and probably will ever know. And, you know, I of course look up to him extra because he's my dad, but um, not everybody can say that about their father. And yeah, true. Yeah, and um, th- yeah, that's definitely my answer. That's easy. Well, uh, I'll cut this bit out and send it to him because I think he'd love hearing that. I'm sure you tell him every day anyway. But um, well, he's a very know. Texas man. He's very tough, so he would. He would. Yeah. <laughs> be, it would be a short conversation. I'll say that there wouldn't be yeah, a lot. But of... it, if if we send him that clip, he'll go listen to it and have his own moment with it, and it'll yeah. touch him. He just he just might not tell you that. Yeah. Which is fair. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Love that. It's, um, yeah, you, you're right. Not everybody has that luxury. I mm. think you're very lucky. Yeah. Um, to be that close and to, and to admire your old man that much. That's great. Uh, okay. What is your greatest extravagance? Oh. Like a possession? Uh, what, however you want to interpret it. It could be a possession. You could uh, have a terrible gambling problem you want to oh. tell us about. <laughs> whatever you want. Extravagance. <laughs> I'm going to say my art collection because it's okay. ridiculous. Like I shouldn't have what I have. I should, I could have spent money on other things. 
but I just love I, it. Art. Yeah, that's that's the definition of extravagance. So that's good. Yeah. Is uh, how many pieces, or you, do you not know at this point? I mean, there's a lot, but it's like I mean, Warhol. Wow. Uh, Laura Zombie, who I love, Daniel Johnston, Molly Crabapple, um, rock and roll photographer Mick Rock. I have one of his Bowie photos. Wow. Uh, I'm just a, you know, and then comic art. I have a, I've had, I'm a big comic book art nerd. I couldn't tell you a lot about the stories, but I love the art that they create. Yeah. So. I have this collection of my favorite comic book artists do, who have done Bob Dylan portraits for me. Oh, so, that's so good. So, yeah, I have, like, the creator of Howard the Duck drew Bob Dylan for me and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> and I just, I love it. There's something about the, just the levels. Artists, certain artists get to a level or they're reputation gets them to a level warhol is more of a like well that's andy warhol that's that's its own thing even yeah. whatever the quality of the art is because it's warhol he like he got to that level but um, yeah, it's not really a skill thing once you once you're with him it's like damien hearst it's not necessarily like a skill of all oh, that guy yeah. paint or that guy it's it's a it is more of just a a whole demeanor isn't it with, yeah. with warhol and that sort of thing yeah, yeah. and i just i love Amazing. I love being able to look at those things and, you know, it just draw different emotions, no pun intended, but it, it does draw, draw different <laughs> emotions <laughs> out of you. Um, yeah. And yeah, there's also a pride that in a healthy way, I think that comes with like, okay, I'm preserving this, somebody, this art, this original art came out of someone yeah. and I want to, yeah. I want to have that in my home and show it off and preserve it and take good care of it. That's fucking great, man. That's fucking great. It's um, yeah, I, I like art a lot. I'm just not in any kind of position to own any, but um, me either, really. It's, uh, it's <laughs> that, again, that's the, that's the problem with extravagances, isn't it? Like you said, there's probably there's probably other priorities. Oh but man, it, so many. It's what it is. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's that's amazing. Uh, what is your current state of mind? Oh God! Right now, right now, anxious, anxious, like hive mind, like mm -hmm. brain won't turn off. But this is pretty much all the time. Yeah, I struggle to sleep most nights, and it just yeah. won't stop. It's and it's mostly ideas. I should do this or I should do that, and then you sprinkle. Oh, I need to get back to this person, and I'm have a deadline for this. You sprinkle some of that in there, and it's just constant. It's exhausting. You find it difficult to just switch off. Impossible. Like not just difficult. Yeah. Like I, I've talked to friends about going on ayahuasca uh, retreats and trying to find a way to calm my mind. Mm. And I've so far as an adult, I have not found a way. Have you ever meditated? Ever done mindfulness? Those kind of practices, or? Well, remember when I said I was really impatient? <laughs> yeah, well, that was what I was going to get to. Yeah, so this yeah. is this is the when it comes to me, this is the ultimate frustration. I would yeah. love to meditate. I would love to be able to calm my mind. It makes me feel mm -hmm. crazy. I can't. I have my own mental problems. It's not. It's a genetic thing. It's you know. It, yeah. It's yeah. caused problems since I was a teenager and when I was first diagnosed. But that. 
anxiety, hive mind, manic thing combined with wanting to be able to meditate, wanting, yeah. like really wanting to be able to do that and go to that place and not being able to, I can't even tell you how upsetting that is sometimes. Like it, it is soul crushing. It adds a level of frustration. I've tried, you know, I, I used to try and meditate every single day and now it's kind of an as and when situation. Mm. Um, and, you know, you sit there and you think, I'm not doing this right. This seems to be, like, why isn't this, why everybody else seems to be, you know, Zen masters. And I'm sat here thinking of all this bullshit, can't even sit still for 10 minutes sort of situation. Yeah. And you get frustrated and frustrated. And, uh, you know, anybody you talk to in that world would be like, well, that's how it is. And, you know, it's a slow process, but um, it's hard, man. And like mm. you say, if you, if, if you try it and it frustrates you or, you know, like you say, it just adds, if it adds another level of anxiety, mm. <laughs> that's, yes. that's the exact opposite of what it's supposed to do. Dude, so. exactly. You get it. It's like, yeah, man, it's constant. It's just this revolving yeah. door. <sighs> it's yeah, it's hard work. All right, man. Let's uh, let's move on. What do you consider to be? This is a good question sometimes because people get a bit all right. What do you consider to be the most overrated virtue? Oh, or qu Lord. quality, whatever. Looks. Like yeah, I, good one. I can't. I don't, and I know looks, but you know, maybe that's not really a virtue. But you know, so a lot of people consider it. Do like Hollywood definitely does. But mm -hmm. um, yeah. I can't tell you how many times i've done the thing that all humans do and you judge a person i try not to judge but you have that initial let's not even call it judging that initial reaction to a person mm -hmm. yep. because of the way that they look and then you get to know them and they become more beautiful than you ever thought they possibly could and you all you almost feel guilty because you're like oh my god this person's not anything like i thought they were gonna be when i first saw them yeah um and, you know, I don't think we can help it really, but there's something about placing looks so high on the priority list that can really fuck up a relationship, a friendship, uh, you know, and I try really hard not to go in and, and actually not to be too hard on myself. A lot of people are hard on themselves about the way that they look and yeah, um, yeah. you can be healthy and, you know, and do your best and that should be enough. Um, you know. Yeah, and I, I, I think it's a, I think it's just rife at the moment. You know, we're in a world of influencers. We're in a world of making people famous for nothing other than how they look. Really, you know, yeah. no, no, no real human achievement other than this is how I look. Yeah, and and a lot of the time that's paid for anyway. And I think that, um, I think you're right. It, it, we all do it. You know, humans do. We do. Yeah. We're a visual species, so we do like you say, judge or react yeah. to a person's looks. But the, and like you say, you can find out how incredibly beautiful they are after the fact, yeah. but it goes the other way. You know, there's, 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 you know, vapid, awful people that look like yes. you'd love to spend the rest of your life with them. Yes. Um, they can't string a sentence together. They can't converse. Yeah. And um, within 10 minutes, they'll be bored. You know, <sighs> there might be a, a beautiful flower, but, God, I know, man. Any more than ten minutes, you want to kill him. I know. So it goes, it goes both ways. But yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one. I think we, I would hate to be a young, a, oh my a young God. person, Jenny, yes. but I'd hate to be a young woman in this day and age. Oh, I, have, so I have two nieces that deal with it, and it's shocking. And yeah, man. And that 
that leads me to people are equally the same thing hard on themselves in the same way it's and you look at yourself in the mirror or whatever you know and you just yeah. like you're ju you're judging yourself in a lot of ways you're like i need to look like this or i need to whatever or you know yeah i have it's, a, it's comparison isn't it you know oh, I, th I think brutal. it's right. comparison is the death of joy mm. and it's you're bombarded with it we always were but now it's even worse because you can sit and scroll on instagram for five hours you know it's, yes. it's endless scroll you're not stopping yourself you're seeing all these amazing things whether it be beautiful people or you know curated beautiful looking lives yeah um they just don't put the problems on there so you beat yourself up on us, you know, like I was saying, as a young girl and a, and a young man as well in lots of ways, you know, if you don't look like The Rock, you're doing something wrong. You just, um, you just made me realize something. You know what we do on Instagram? We're, we're so feeding this exact thing we're talking about because everything yep. you like, you're liking it because you like the way it looks. So Yeah, it's a visual medium. Yes, yeah. we're constantly just going, oh, I like the way that looks. I like the way I look. I like the way they look. I like the way it's constant. It's all the time waiting for it to check that box where your brain goes, ooh, I like the way that looks, constantly. It's yeah, terrible. It's, um, that's just the world we're in at the moment, and maybe it'll pass, but yeah. I don't I mean, see don't it. get me wrong, I don't want to look at a bunch of ugly shit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you love your art, don't you? So, mate. But, you know what I mean? Uh, we, should, we should not be so critical. No. Yeah. But if you're ugly, I will judge you harshly. <laughs> That's what you said. That, yeah, put those well, words in my mouth. I'll edit it accordingly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we've already found out they hate liars, but oh. is it ever okay to lie? Yes. And if so, on what occasion? Yes. Santa Claus. Okay. So any, I think the joy that children get, and is it devastating eventually? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but... Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, these these things as kids that bring so much joy to your life, that kind of fantasy element. And I still yeah. love Christmas, as, even as an adult. I'm, you know, yeah, me too. Uh, something about it. But um, I would say it's okay to lie. Then, um, there are a million different scenarios. My brain's going nuts with it, but you know what I mean. Santa Claus, you know the the dog that maybe the family dog that got sick. It's like, oh, that dog went to live on a farm, whatever. You know what I yeah, mean? That, there's, that... there's nothing to gain from being brutally honest in that situation. Exactly. Um, really, you know, you don't want to crush an eight-year-old soul. Exactly. By telling them that, you know, not only is Father Christmas not real, but the dog is dead. Yeah. And is buried somewhere close. Yeah. You don't need that as a as a young yeah. child, do you? But like, you you grow up, you grow up, you become an adult, you get in a relationship. If somebody says, "Does this make me look fat?" Yeah. Mm. <laughs> no, your fat you, does. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> you can totally like. I feel like some people would say, "Well, you could lie in those situations." No, nobody wants to go no. out with their significant other looking all fat, in some outfit, and and you someone's know, gonna tell them at some not, point. I have this. I'm being yeah, silly, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah of yeah. course. And I think I think yeah, in those situations, it's not the whole. We have the X Factor over and all of those kind of fucking things. They've had their entire lives mm. basically being lied to, being told they were good enough yeah. for whatever. You know, they've done some karaoke. They've done We Are The Champions at the local pub. Yeah. And everyone's gone, oh, yeah, that was great. Or their mom's always told them they've got a lovely voice. They go on and get slaughtered in front of millions of people. <laughs> yes, that, that's exact, uh, so, it's exactly that, Elliot. Exactly yeah, that. Somebody at some point should have said, mate, 
yeah. you shit. Yes. Maybe don't go on. Maybe don't go on national yes. TV. You know, everybody needs. Yourself. Everybody needs Simon Cowell. Everybody needs that in their life on some level. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I've had it with. I've had it with artists or bands. You know, they've gone through. People send them their great first EP, first album comes out, gets ripped to shreds in the reviews because the reviewers don't care. The reviewers don't love yeah. them as people, so they rip it to shreds. Yeah. The band's over because they can't handle the <laughs> can't handle the truth yeah. that they've never been told. It's um, but yeah, I think you're all right telling kids that, that Santa Claus is real yeah. for, for a bit until they yeah until they eventually realise and it's devastating. Yeah, so. That's all good. Uh, what is your most overused phrase slash word? Definitely. Okay, it's probably a tie, but it's either fuck or shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it might. It's probably shit. That's a very Texas thing. Shit. Shit. Fuck. Both. Yeah. Could be both <laughs> well, yeah. That there's a combo there. Uh, yeah. This question has kind of basically become what is your favorite swear word? Yeah. Because. Every, almost everybody has said, "Oh, it's fuck or shit or cunt or something." You know, yeah, we don't say we don't say the c word in America. No, but, um, but I deal with a lot of British people who say it, and I every every time my insides go, "Oh my god, no!" Well, there's, uh, we've got a mutual friend in particular that yeah. uh, oh. adores that word. So. Yes, oh my god. <laughs> um, uh, if we're not talking curse words, though, I do find myself. Um, Reeling in the word amazing. I feel, yeah, I feel too, like, yeah. I don't know why, like, that's amazing. Oh my God, amazing. That. And it's really not, it's just okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, I use it all the time, though, and I, I have a thing where my brain goes, You are saying amazing a lot. Like, yeah. You need to stop. Um, so, yeah. yeah, if it's not fuck or shit, it's definitely amazing and a close third. It's um, my favorite. So, you know, I helped out with your live in London record, and my favorite thing about it is the first thing you say, you walk on stage, you go, can you say fuck in a church? Which I just fucking... <laughs> I wanted that as my ringtone for the longest time. That it's so might great. be the greatest opening line of any uh, live record. It's, like, it's iconic. It's, uh, it's, oh, it's, it's amazing. It's going to go I, down with Ringo's, I got blisters on my fingers. <laughs> so that, and can you say fuck in a church? Elliot, I had to rip the Band-Aid off because I was like, we're in a church. I know it's going to happen, and it's great, because we just said it was probably my most used word. But So good, so good. Well, I was like, let's just pre- let's get everybody ready first, so it's not weird whenever it happens. Um, I'll, um, I'll put a clip in of you saying it, because it's so great. <laughs> so great. St. Pancras Old Church, what a beautiful place. And, oh, wasn't it just? In lo- yeah, you know, and I ruined it. <laughs> I've seen I've seen show I've seen other shows there since, um, and it's the best opening. And there's been there's been you know raucousness, yeah. but that was so great. It was like right, let's start as we mean yeah. to go on. I was standing so on a I was standing on a guy's grave. I do remember this, and I yeah. I, I, I <laughs> yeah. spilt part of my drink, and I was just like, oh, I just spilt wine on a on a dead man. Yeah, there was graves in that. I mean, there was graves in that on that stage. Yes, older than your entire country. Yes, which right? is crazy. I know. Yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. Amazing yeah. is a word that we... Yeah, amazing. <laughs> All right, man. Who or what is the greatest love of your life? Oh, that's got to be a tie between my dog and music. 
Yeah. Yeah. I could have guessed. Easy. That, yeah. Yeah. That's an easy one. Yeah. It's, um, I had this conversation, you know, I've done this with married people who've kind of said the correct answer of, oh, my wife. Yeah. But I've had the argument of, you probably loved what you, you know, you probably loved your music before your wife and yeah. you'll love it after your wife. Well, as someone uh, recently divorced, let me just say this with all bitterness. Those, <laughs> those married people were not telling the truth and they were forced to lie because telling the truth would not have even been worth the price that they paid yeah. afterwards. It, yeah, the question previous of is it ever okay to lie? When you ask me the greatest <laughs> of my life, yeah, yes, it is. Yes, yes. <laughs> because because my wife is stood in front of me while we're recording this <laughs> with her arms folded, like you know, yeah. you know the answer. You better answer that shit correctly. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure with some people it's completely true. I read a, uh, nah. uh, my girlfriend. My girlfriend's a massive Cure fan, massive Robert Smith. Fan, oh, okay. And I read a, I read a thing um, that even now, before every single show, wherever they are in the world, he rings his wife. They have a chat, and she ends a call with "Sing well, Robert," which I think is lovely. Oh, that's, that's really, nice. That's really amazing. Yeah. But. Um, I think most people are lying when they say that. I completely agree with you. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm I'm happily in a relationship, so I'm not bitter or anything. Yeah. I'm just uh, I've been bitter. Yeah, there you times. go. Save yourself, Elliot. Save yeah. yourself. She's gonna but listen. She wouldn't say me either, mate. I won't worry about it. Okay. She'd say the cure before she says me. Okay. So. Well. Uh, <laughs> we may have touched on this, but this is a little more specific. When and where were you happiest? Oh God. I don't think I've gotten there yet, honestly. I feel like it's That's a con good. it's a constant like I'm getting there, I'm closer to this place where I'm I've been trying to get my whole life. And I'm just not It's there a deathbed yet. question, I think, isn't it? It's like yeah. you, you know, you you'd love to say when I was happiest is in the future, which is exactly yeah. what you want. Yeah, I guess so. Great. Uh, let's do a little bit of quick fire for okay. the next few. Let's kind of, first thing that comes into your head. Um, oh, this is going to be fucked then, up. This, just so you know. I don't know what you're getting yourself. You don't know what you're getting yourself into here. Let's go. <laughs> uh, what talent do you wish you had that you don't? A playing pedal steel. Oh, nice. That sound is just like heaven to me. Oh, phenomenal. Yeah. And it's a, the weirdest instrument yes. I've ever seen in my entire life. Yes. I've, I've recorded a few of my time and he's putting his thing together. I'm like, so what's that pedal do? I know. Oh, it, it changes. It's so the confusing. It's fucking ridic it's yeah. ridiculous. My mum used to play the organ and I thought that was weird enough. Yeah. But the pedal steel just takes oh, the, uh, it's like takes It's like crying in an instrument. <laughs> yeah. It sounds amazing, but yeah. God, I don't think I'd want to learn it. Yeah. Uh, amazing. If you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? Uh, <laughs> I would be more patient. <laughs> I thought so. Yeah, I would. I almost said I would not be. So I was diagnosed as a manic depressive when I was sixteen, which mm -hmm. now gets grouped in with bipolar disorder. But yeah, I actually wouldn't take that out of my life because it makes me the way I am, and I actually think it makes me a better songwriter in a weird way. So I try not to. Yeah, I try not to resent that part of myself. Um, so I'm going to say the patience thing. Great. So you think the. I think a lot of people, but you think the depression helps with your art and you think it's somewhat of a gift in some ways. Is that Yeah, I used to be accurate? pretty heavily medicated. And um, when I came off that medication, 
the medicine really ended up being songwriting. So, um, good. I feel like if I went back on it, it would take that part of me away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. That's yeah. You hear that a lot. I think with creatives, I think Mm. we've got the, got those kind of brains, but I'm glad that you have that outlet Yeah. because not everybody is lucky enough to have that. That's true. That's true. Uh, if reincarnation is real, which I don't believe it is, but what or whom would you like to come back as? Oh my God. There are too many options, but I would, I would say first one, first one that comes to your head. Oh, it's gotta be something like powerful, but like free a lion. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Be Hard life, but no. nah, be fucking everybody up. I'd be like, <laughs> not, and not in a zoo. <sighs> Like in a wild lion, a wild lion. Yeah, we need to specify for sure. A wild lion, just like walking around, daring people to fuck with me. I would be yeah, because I don't have that right now. People are like, "Who's the who's this awkward person?" (laughs) Yeah. If you could live anywhere, where would it be? South of France. Nice. Never been. Oh, you've never been. No. I don't know why that answer just came out. Yeah. Whatever. Saint-Tropez? Is, yes, sure. Famous. Why not? <laughs> Whatever the movie, A Beautiful... Hold on, that's not A Beautiful Mind. What's the other Russell Crowe movie? I think it's called like A Good Place or something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think you're right. A Beautiful Mind's amazing. Yeah. yeah uh, when he's... Is it The Vineyard, is it? Is that the film? Yeah. It's got yeah, the vineyard. Yeah, and the old man is like his uncle it's leaving him. Yeah. The, yeah, wherever that movie is, I want to go there. And so if, that the, that set entirely that set. Yeah, and if whatever her name is, Marianne Collier, French name, whatever her name is, Ma- Marianne Cotillard. Her, I believe, yeah, if so. she were there, also yeah. that would be fine with me. Brilliant. <laughs> well, she is French, so she is to find her there. Yeah. Um, what is your most treasured possession? Jack Kerouac's belt. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I have Jack Kerouac's belt from the sixties. F- fuck. How did you? come to be the owner of that <laughs> you weren't ready for that answer were you <laughs> no, uh, no i wasn't i thought you were gonna say jack like a copy of jack carax on the road or something but i didn't think you were i do have one say, of those oh yeah <laughs> not his but i do have do, I, you, do you wear the belt i mean <laughs> so i don't want to say too much because the belt does go out into and it's part of my life and i don't want people to go holy shit that's that but um okay but i'm gonna now you know that well, now maybe they'll be looking for it, but good luck trying to spot it. Maybe they will. Cool. I don't know. But um, yeah, I got it from his estate, from his um, wife's nephew. Um, wow. And yeah, came with all the paperwork. And uh, I, I am the proud owner of Jack Kerouac's belt that he wore and used in the 60s. That's fucking... That's, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. And it's a brilliant answer. <laughs> Wow. Uh, okay, th- this is the last quick fire. What do you value most in friends slash relationships? Honesty. Absolutely. Tell just tell the truth. Perfect. Yeah. A perfect circle. Yeah. What do you like least? Lying. What do you like most? Honesty. <laughs> <laughs> so when you said lying first, I was like, like the animal. Oh. <laughs> That's the Birmingham accent. So yeah, it's okay. Um. Okay, so this one it. it 
it can be books, it can be poets, it can be music, but who are your favourite writers and what is their best work? This is basically for me to go and check out a bunch of amazing stuff. Okay, well, this is, so this this is, this is, is probably, my favourite question. All right, this is probably going to be stuff you've already read. So Jack Kerouac, On the Road, that is, that is yeah. the book that basically led to me dropping out of college and uh, going on tour. So uh, I would not have... I literally would not be here without that book. Um, other than that, Johnny Cash's autobiography was incredible. The st- it's just called Cash, right? Yeah, Cash by Johnny Cash. Yeah. There's this amazing yeah. story about him sneaking drugs into the hospital after his surgery because he had done so many drugs in his life. He knew that yeah. whatever they were going to put him on in the hospital after surgery wasn't going to be strong enough. So his like road manager smuggles in a bunch of drugs and there's a whole story about that but um that wasn't in walk the line the movie was it no oh so the drugs the his road manager tries to hide the drugs into the bandaging johnny cash had stomach surgery yeah and what happens is the drugs that they tried to sneak into the bandage end up seeping into the open wound from his surgery (laughs) and yeah and then he and then he ironically almost dies from overdose Fuck. Because of the drugs they tried to sneak in to keep him pain free. That's but that's some rock and roll shit right there. It's like we're sneaking in. Jesus. We'll just put it in. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um Fuck me. I haven't read it, but I've, I think I've got it. But it's one of those I just haven't read it yet. Yeah. Um I'm going now then. Dude, it's so so good. Um I, I'm just going I'm going to stick with those two. I think those are the two yeah, most great. important books I've ever read and for me. I've I've read on the road and I liked it. Um, I think it I think it took me. I've read it a couple of times. I think it took me a couple of goes. Maybe because kind of the American. I, I find it with American authors generally that I have to kind of do a research mm. about. You know, I'm a big John Steinbeck fan, but it took me a long time to understand Grapes of Wrath because it's yeah. it's a, a world that I'm not used to. Same with Cormac McCarthy, who's now probably my favourite author, but so much of it is steeped in kind of old American culture yeah. that it, it kind of took me a while to go, oh, okay, I get this now. I'll, you know, I'll see where this is. But I think as a young man growing up in the centre of England, uh, they they didn't resonate with me as much straight away. Yeah. Um, Dude, you should come. Got, if you ever if you ever can, you should come to America and go do Route 66 or, you know, whatever yeah, you can. To. And then that, it'll click. It'll click for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, that's it. And, and like I said, with Grapes of Wrath, once I... Mm kind of got that setting and did the research i kind of fully got it but yeah uh, yeah great karak amazing and the belt thing is still blowing my mind (laughs) um (laughs) a similar kind of question who would be your fictional hero uh indiana jones boom Holy shit! I'm proud of that that's answer. A, that's that's a gr- that's a great one. So far, I'm most proud of that answer in this interview. <laughs> um, but not the fourth film, right? You can don't even go stuff. there, Elliot. Don't even. We don't even acknowledge Crystal Bullshit Skull, whatever it was. Shia LaBeouf can kiss my ass. In the first, got a, yeah. first three I've, Indiana Jones movies, <laughs> classic. I mean. I hate the second one. I've got to be contentious here. Temple of Doom. Okay, this I could be a it, this man. could be a whole different podcast. This just talking about Indiana Jones because I'm obsessed. But yeah. the second one, I feel like is 
just that dip in the trilogy that makes the third one that much better. Yeah, I just, I don't, I think Short Round is one of the worst characters in, in cinema history. <laughs> but like, one of my huge problems with it is... What a great name, you know, though, for a character. Short Round? Come on. Yeah. There's got to be... The pedals in the like car? It's a little racist the, the, as well. <laughs> it is a little racist. Yeah. But, what, but do, um, what do you guys call a Chinese takeaway in England? Uh, just a Chinese. Okay, good. Because I've heard it called something else in that country, and I was shocked. Yeah, um, yeah, that was... I know exactly. We don't what need to say about, it, but, but I was just like, "Excuse me." We don't call it that. We'll say, "We'll have a Chinese." But okay. my my issue with the Temple of Doom, but one of my big yeah, issues bring it is, back, bring it back. The, Sorry, yeah. <laughs> the 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 female character. So in the first one, oh. you've got this strong, kick-ass, yes. fucking techno shit woman. Yes. and then in Temple of Doom, mm. oh let's let, let's let's fuck empowering women and let's just give uh, a Ditsy. damsel in distress. Yeah. Um, I, oh, I broke a nail. I, I think it's the line, I broke a nail, which yeah. I'm like, you've undone all the great work you did in the first one and this is just some kind of bullshit hero rescues. I'll give you um, this. Here, pretty maiden Okay, thing. I'll give you this. When they jump out of the plane with nothing but a raft and they somehow yeah. float down and land together in the raft, there is, yeah. I do have a moment there when I'm like, nah, Temple of Doom... <laughs> it's almost it's as bad as the, uh, <laughs> as the fridge and the nuclear explosion stunt. It's not quite as bad as that. But yeah, Temple of Doom, but the the one and three man. Where's the Lost Ark is a work of absolute. Oh genius. my god, I agree. And Sean Connery in the third one, uh, brilliant. Yeah, so brilliant. good. River Phoenix as well, right? That's right. Fucking amazing. I didn't know that he was related to Joaquin Phoenix until this year. <laughs> <laughs> I literally was like, oh shit, that's right, Phoenix, I see. Oh, I get it, yeah. I get it now. I felt like the you dumbest thought- man, I was just like, oh, okay, I guess Phoenix isn't that common of a last name. The whole family are actors, I think, aren't they? I yes. Joaquin just, just dude, made the I had no idea, cut. I'm an idiot. Well, you like Indiana Jones, so it's figured. <laughs> uh, who would be your real life heroes then? Uh, dead or alive? Dead or alive is fine. I know we had person you most admire. This is a little different. Okay, I'm gonna go Bob Dylan, Andy Warhol, Tom Petty. That's my holy holy trinity. Yeah, I think so. That's art and music and just complete bad assery all the way around. Uh, what do you think of the new couple of Dylan songs that have been released? I love the success of them, and I love the artistry of them, but my Bob Dylan is the Bob Dylan from the 60s and 70s, and basically through Rolling Thunder Review, and then I'm out. But um, What's what's the best Bob Dylan song in your opinion? Just Like a Woman, but the live version from 1966. Ooh. So Blonde on Blonde would be in my top... You've probably yeah, seen this yeah. whole bullshit phase with thing. Blonde and Blonde would be like in my top 10 kind of formative albums. Yeah. Uh, and you've got Visions of Joanna on that, which yeah. I love. Amazing. But I think my I think my favourite Dylan song is um, Hurricane. Oh, well, that's a great. What a great story that yeah. whole thing is. Yeah. I think that's my favourite Dylan song, but that's a good one. it changes. As soon as I hear one, I go, no, this is actually. Yeah. But um, yeah, that whole, yeah, 60s, 65, uh, Blonde and Blonde 65, I think, isn't it? So that's... Yeah, but it's song, there are songs like, you know, It's All Right, Ma, I'm Only Bleeding, and Desolation yeah. Row that are so heavy. Oh, 
It's so good. That man. Unbelievable. I know. All right, so at this juncture, we're nearly at the end. Okay. But at this juncture, I have to jump in and do a little kind of disclaimer that we get into a couple of heavy subjects. So if people struggle to hear these kind of things okay. or if they're not in the right frame of mind at the moment, then just to skip to the end um, because we'll be talking about death and regrets and okay. those kind of things. So uh, I always have to do that just in case because okay. we've had a lot of fun up to this point mm. and I don't want to upset anyone. So what do you regard as the lowest depths of misery? Uh, wanting to kill yourself for sure. Like, yeah. yeah, you just get to that place and you go, what's the point? Like that, getting there, I've been there, I think a lot of people have been there, and mm-hmm. just having that internal conversation about, you know, no one either no one cares, or what's the point, or I tried my best and nothing worked, and getting to that place where you just want to be done is, uh, I think that's really the only answer to that question, mm-hmm. because what's mm-hmm. possibly lower than wanting to die i know people can be forced into situations you know that are terrible situations but being it's different when you're forced into it by someone else and when you're all by yourself and you get there Mm. that's to me that's with no external help exactly that's to me that's the ultimate despair the ultimate you're lost you know and there's it's difficult to find your way back yeah it's um I think a lot of people will relate, and obviously some yeah. won't. But yeah, it's it's the hopelessness of sometimes not even having a reason. I suppose is exactly the difficult thing. It's like you know, if if you've been through a load of horrible shit, and there's kind of causation for the sadness or despair that you feel, you know, people can get that. Mm. But it is the other thing of oh, well, he seems so happy there didn't seem to be you hear it all the time well what what reason did he have to kill himself and it's like well that's fucking bullshit man because yeah nobody often isn't a reason yeah yeah nobody really knows what's going on in a person's mind they can be Mm. smiling and happy and okay and you're seemingly okay and and what's really going on internally is that struggle that that we're talking about yeah and i I think because there's a loneliness to it Mm. as well yeah because it's it's hard to share or you know people don't understand or whatever and and i think it's getting better these days in in terms of being able to talk about it and the stigma is lifting Mm. but i think as a as a man as well especially it's hard to go there sometimes with with people yeah um so it makes it very very difficult um yeah okay (laughs) you know know it's probably the only answer isn't it um for me yes yeah great Okay, what is your biggest regret? Oh, God. I try not to think in this way because everything ultimately leads to where you are in life. And, you know, I try and be thankful for all of that, really. Even things that may have been mistakes, I ultimately feel thankful to be where I am and to be turning into whatever person I'm going to become. But if I have to answer this question, and it would have been a different answer a year ago, I'm going to say, so I built, we built, and my ex-wife and I, a tiny house. Mm -hmm. Um, If you don't know what a tiny house is, people Google it. It's insane. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Building the tiny house and moving into it with my now ex-wife, because that 
that set everything into motion that led to our divorce. And I don't want to go on and on about this divorce thing. I seem to have mentioned it several times and I'm not one of those people, but, um, it's fair. But it's an, it's a significant event. So it's fair enough to talk about it. Yeah. But, um, you know, we, we met and fell in love and had an amazing relationship and, you know, doing that. It's funny how certain decisions in your life, you're just like, this is going to be great. This is, and then you're in it and it's happening and you're, you kind of go, Oh, this was wrong. Like this was, this has affected mm-hmm. everything. Our, we're, we're, you know, top of each other physically and emotionally in this tiny house all the time. We, you know, yeah. it's, it's hell on your sex life and, you know, not to be too personal, but mm-hmm. it just, it affects every area of a, marriage living in such close quarters and as cool as the tiny house was and it was really cool and you know we we bought some land and put this tiny house on there and initially it was great but a year into that situation it it became very clear that it was a huge mistake and we were we were stuck with this land and this house and you know that's a big change and then what do you do you go well, we got to find somebody to buy a tiny house. What are we going to build another one? Do we have the money to do that? It just became this whole can of yeah. worms. And I don't know if I'd go back and change it because of where my life is now, but it's probably the only time in my life where at the end of my <clears throat> marriage, I went, I can, I can look at that moment in those few months or even that year and go, that's where it started to go wrong. And, um, it and it just became as time went on it became more and more evident it was like this isn't gonna work and we we built another house on that same land the tiny house became my studio so we tried to find a way but yeah you know it was was too late and it's funny how you can look back at those things and go that was terrible but yeah but i don't know if i if i would necessarily change it but at the when it clicks for you, it's just like, oh my god, that that's the moment where it went wrong. So here's a question, and you can tell me to fuck off if you don't want to answer. Never. Do you think if you hadn't built and lived in that tiny house, you would still be married? Yes. You do? Okay. So you yeah. don't think it just it exacerbated things that were already there and it would have happened down the line? My what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I don't my ex might have a different answer. We still speak. We're not we don't like it's not bitter. We don't hate each other. It just didn't work. Mm. But um Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just it started us down this path where we started growing apart. And before that, we were getting, you know, closer. We had, we always had a great relationship, but um Yeah. Yeah. You know, it just forced us into like roommate friendship situation. Yeah. It was, it's not, it took the romance out of it is what it did. And you know, that's tough. It amplified the problems, I suppose. And, and Absolutely. if you hadn't have made that move necessarily, you could have, you know, there's, you'd have space and you're able to say, you know, I'm fucking off for a bit to call off and all those kind of things that, in healthy relationships you sometimes need to do yes um i wasn't trying to i wasn't trying to kind of pry or, or get into it too much but it, it was quite an interesting thing of if you hadn't have made the decision to build this house would things be different um and i don't think that's good or bad it's just it's different and it is what it is i suppose it is what it is but, um, and you know what lots of people are going to relate to that lots of people get divorced lots of people um 
when you start going, we started to grow apart. You start saying things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. An abundance of people relate to that. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. That, and cause it happens in so many relationships. And, um, mm-hmm. I think people get to that point where they have to decide, okay, either we, we process this kind of transition, this emotional transition. And we go, this is going to be a little bit different moving forward. Or you go, I don't want to go in that direction. I'm out. Mm. And some couples, you know, that stay married for 50 plus years. I do think they probably had a moment in their relationship where they went, okay, this has changed from the initial Mm. romance of falling in love and getting to know each other to now we know each other. And this is more life partner than, you know, honeymoon. Yeah, I think every uh, you know, I I don't for a second think that you know you were saying about how great your parents' marriage is. I don't, I can't imagine it was always smooth, and they had of course these incredibly difficult conversations. Of course, and, and like you say, there was a point where I said, "This is different now. This is a different kind of love. Yeah, this is a this is a you know this is more of a commitment than it, it was. Yeah, because this is now a decision I'm making as opposed to just you know a romantic infatuation kind of thing. Yeah. And I think all, all relationships have those. Some survive those conversations, some don't. Yeah. Um, but I guess the ones that do are in slightly bigger houses <laughs> and, can, <laughs> and can fuck off to the spare room. That's the thing. There's no, that's exactly it though, Elliot. That, that yeah. is the thing. There's nowhere to go. Yeah. There's no like, I don't even want to look at you right now. I'm going in the other room. There's no other room. <laughs> And it's health. That's healthy, man. That happens, and, and you know, if you yes. have made the decision to be with someone forever, you have to sometimes go. If I don't leave, I'm going to punch you in the fucking face. So I'm going <laughs> yeah, yeah. to leave for a minute. <laughs> yeah. But and I, but obviously you can't do that. So I guess resentment builds up and all those of course kind of, of course. things, and it, it just gets difficult, and you haven't got that escape. Yeah, man. Well, I didn't I didn't mean to get so kind of don't even in it's, the ways I'm, with it, I'm but happy it was great. To, it was great. You know what kills me, and I I won't go off on too much of a tangent here is certain topics, whether it's abortion or divorce or whatever, you know, it's just like people don't. It's like they're almost afraid to talk about it when mm. the truth is, it actually helps the person who has been through it to talk about yeah. it, and it's like it's these places people don't want to go, and it, and it would be so helpful to the person, you know, it's therapy, it's natural therapy with a friend or with, you know, whoever, and, and people won't yeah. even go there. And I don't understand why. Well, I try to ask the questions and people can then tell me if they don't want to answer them as opposed yeah. to not doing it at all, because I think it's it, it can be revealing. But like mm-hmm. you say, it can help you, but it can also help people listening if exactly through the same thing or you know there's a i think there can be a guilt associated with these kind of things mm. as well you know if you fall out of love with someone or, you, or you're having these kind of things of i don't know if this is working anymore there's a guilt there yes um and i think it can make people feel slightly less alone in it and slightly less guilty yeah um and just you know relate so that's brilliant what then this is the last question okay and it always it always sounds like a threat but it's not <laughs> Uh, but how would you like to die? Oh, that's easy. In my sleep. As an old, old, old man? Old man, young man, whatever. No, we never know how we're going to go, but if, or when we're going to go, I should say. But if I can choose how, just in my sleep. I just want to go to sleep and not wake up. 
Yeah, I think it's uh, Ricky Gervais that apparently he signs off a lot of his conversations with see you later, hope you die in your sleep because to him it's the it's you know the nicest thing you can say. That's you interesting. That you don't want him to, that you don't want him to suffer. Yeah, and apparently he says that. And people think, oh, you you're being a, a bastard there, or you're being no, being awful. I don't think so. But what he's what he's saying is, I like you enough that. I don't want you to suffer, and that is the best way to go. Yeah, you're um, comfortable, you're cozy, you're asleep, you're dreaming, and then you just kind of, you know, not to sound really lame about it, but you just kind of live in that dream forever, and yeah, man. you just go into that world, and you're there, and whatever you believe, if it's heaven, or then you're in heaven, and mm. I think that's the way to go if you can, if you could choose. Oh God, be nice if we could. Oh, wouldn't it? But then. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know if that'd be a good system either, because then you know, facing the mortality, you go, okay, I'll have this way, I'll have this way. I'll be 101, and I'll die on this occasion in this yeah. sleep. But then, but then you'll come back as a lion anyway, so everything's going to be great. <laughs> you. you'll, you'll, you'll get, you'll go to sleep, and then you wake up in the African savanna yeah. and just be ro- ro- roaming around chasing gazelles. It'd be That's great. That's right. Yeah, I'll finally be the badass I never was going to be. <laughs> be amazing. It'll just be one long dream of you just running around fucking shit up as a lion. Yeah, just singing songs from The Lion King. (sighs) (laughs) Unbelievable. All right, man. Well, that's our questions. That was absolutely amazing. Is there anything you want to promote? What's coming up for you? I know everyone's in lockdown at the moment, but you said you were pretty busy. So what's on the horizon? What can we look forward to? Is this the part where most people go, I have this and I have that and I have, here's what, you, and here's my link and here's, here's most the, people have, most people have gone, uh, I'm doing nothing because the world is suspended yeah. right now. But yeah, you, yeah, whatever's going on, whatever yeah. you can tell us about. You got a book coming out. You can tell yeah. us about the book if you've got an album coming out. Yeah. I'm not even going to do it. <laughs> I don't, I just don't, if they, if people want to go, if they just Google it, it's fine. Google you. Just Google. And, and find you. <laughs> Just Google me. It's always so like this. <laughs> this this part of interviews. I'm always like, oh god, here we go. Let me sell myself. You know what, Elliot? Nah. All right. Well. <laughs> I'm I'm keeping all let that in because it's, it's, re- it's refreshing. Okay, it's let me, and let me just tell you how thrilled my management and record label are right now. <laughs> they are over the moon at me and how great of a job I just did at that. Hey, Ryan, no, you are not towing the line. You are not doing <laughs> the job. Ryan, do you have anything you'd like to promote right now? You got a lot nope. coming. Nah. <laughs> Ryan, we gave you a list. Nope. Nah. All right. Well, I'll I'll at least put a link in the show notes. For sure. Your- uh, your socials and all that, but yeah. I'm not going to force you to tell us there's a new film about your life coming out <laughs> or any of that bullshit. Yeah, I'm just I'm sticking with it. That's amazing. Uh, well, I've had a great time. This has been really brilliant. So thank you so much. Oh man, my pleasure. It was fun to have like a real talk with somebody and laugh and get serious and talk about all of the things because it's okay to do. And, yeah, um, that's that's the whole point of this, you know. I, I like touching on the music and the creativity, but you know, I like to find out more about the people behind that. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of other people do as well, and it's fascinating to me, and it's fun, and time goes like that. Well, so it does. Been, it's been great. And let me, I'll leave you with this because this is something I like to say. If I ever become one of those people, and you know what I'm talking about, 
If I ever become one of those people with their heads all the way up their own asses, I want someone to pull my face out of my ass and punch me in it. Because I never, ever, ever want to be one of those people. Yeah. Well, you're not at the moment. And we'll try and... <laughs> so far! So far, so Ryan, far. you're okay. You're not there yet. Nah, it's been great. It's been yeah, really man. open and honest and just brilliant. So thank you. Great. And that is the show. So good. Thank you for listening and spending your precious free time with us. Please leave us a review on Spotify, on iTunes. Click like, click subscribe. Come and say hello on Instagram at Moment of Proust. And more next week. Thanks. Thanks.